Assembly, how are you doing? Hello, Brogrishners, how's it going? I am your broadcaster, Luis. Here with me is again... Taylor. Taylor, and we are here for another episode of... Growing Out Catholic. Catholic. Yes. Episode number six now. Six, I know. Can you believe it? Yeah, I know. It's like... Remember when we flies. when we didn't even know if we could make it through <laughs> through one episode? <laughs> we're like we're like you know do we do we really have that much to say? say? And then it turns out we did. It turns out we actually have pretty way more an, to say than, than, than we thought. We thought, yeah, and most of the time, hour, hours worth every week. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know, last week was actually. Uh, very kind of eye-opening to us in a sense it was last week was awesome we had such a great talk with james mm-hmm. uh, leja who was our guest um was our our guest speaker yes our, our guest broadcaster yes. Breast, yes broadcaster guest broadcaster for for the weekend uh he had so many interesting things to say and we were so thankful james if you're listening today uh, thank you so much for bringing our show. Of yes, course, um, shout out to uh, his boxing gym. Yes, Leha Boxing and Fitness. Uh, who is uh, it's based here in San Antonio, Texas. And uh, your broadcaster, Taylor, is an uh, avid boxer. <laughs> he uh, has he uh, often uh, often threatens the, the gloves. <laughs> oh, let's not make me sound, <laughs> sound horrible. <laughs> uh, no, just kidding, just kidding. Although we have gone on the ring. We have. A couple of times. Yes. It's been fun. I uh, can't say that it's been very uh, graceful from my part. <laughs> uh, James, seems, James seems to think that I, I yeah, threw James a couple thought, of good punches. Yeah, James thought you were good. Uh, I thought you were good, too. Could be that he was just trying to get me excited and sign up for the for the personal training, right? No. No. He would never do that. Uh, James, if you're listening, <laughs> it almost called. worked. It almost worked. I almost <laughs> wanted go. to get, get on a class and just start punching every week. There you go. Um, Still can. Yeah, not against you anymore though. <laughs> not gonna do that again. <laughs> Too funny. But but it was a great, such a great discussion, and the reason it why was. I'm saying uh, it was eye opening, and I think uh, you agree, Taylor, is that um, it just it, it kind of you know we've been doing these episodes where we talk about certain topics and and we try to kind of give the audience as much information about it as possible. Right. But we just had so much more fun uh, just kind of talking about. Something that wasn't necessarily like educational, yeah. Maybe more reflective. Reflective, yeah. In a absolutely. sense, so uh, we're gonna try something similar today. We are, yeah. Brochures. I think we're gonna we're gonna change up our format a little bit, and we we have a topic that we're gonna discuss, but neither Luis and I know what's gonna be said. So <laughs> be ready. It could be yes. a total failure. It could I be a complete it. disaster. I doubt it. I mean, we've already kind of tried tried this unknowingly with our first episode so i I don't think it's going to be a disaster we promise you that it'll be fun yes it will be fun (laughs) definitely (laughs) it may not be completely structured but it'll be a lot of fun um so taylor uh you know we we were kind of discussing you remember we were talking about what we should do for this week yes and so parishioners you you might remember the episode where we did uh the liturgical seasons all the colors all the colors and a big season's coming up. Yes, it is. Which is, it marks the beginning of the year, the liturgical year. Liturgical year, yep. Um, and that's Advent. Advent, yes. A.K.A. start of the busy season for this liturgist and music director over here. But it's okay, I'm ready. I'm, I'm prepped and ready to go. I already have a funeral under my belt so for the year, so we're... We're moving right along. <laughs> <laughs> this is kind of how this kind of how things started when you first started your job, right? Oh yeah, last you, year you went I, right into this season. Yeah, last year I started. Well, I, my first week in the office was October twenty third, and then my first weekend playing was actually the week, the first weekend of November, and. I got in and nothing was planned for Advent. We did not have Advent candles. Three weeks before Advent and we did not have Advent candles. Oh my God. So, <laughs> yeah, last year was last year was stressful having to plan Advent and Christmas, you know, with not a lot of time. And then, like bombshells, you know, two funerals a week, one funeral a week, pretty much consistently from november until 
February. So <laughs> much, it's a busy season. It's a busy season. I'm much more prepared. All the music, all the planning was done in October. Yeah, and then what <laughs> kind of makes it a lot more interesting or challenging is that once you finish Advent, you have Christmas, right? And then yep. the, right after Christmas, you get a little bit of a of a normal season break. One month. One month, and then you're plunged into Lent. Yeah, exactly. I was talking to uh, to one of our fraternity brothers the other night, and uh, you know. So he also works for the archdiocese, but he's an accountant. So I was giving him a hard time. I'm like, bro, your busy time is over. You you don't have to worry about taxes. You don't have to worry about closing out the fiscal year or you know getting the budget ready for for the fiscal the next fiscal year. You're like you're, you're just chilling at at this point. <laughs> you know this is this is the easy. And then I made the comment. I was like, me on the other hand, and you know. Priests, on the other hand, you know, we're busy making sure that within these next five months, we're busy making sure that Jesus is born, dies, and is risen. <laughs> <laughs> it's your job. It, it, it is. It's your job. It is my job. Yes. Yes. It sounds like an important job. It is. It is. To, I mean, you know, to procure the life of the Lord. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> little bit so yeah so i mean so getting back to the topic of yes. of advent and and not on my my job uh so what i i mean i could go on and on about about advent but for you Luis, like what do you what do you like about advent or what what do you know what do you don't know i mean what all the things so <laughs> so so it's kind of funny because i feel like um when you're growing up, when you're little, all you know about the season is like Christmas. Right. That's or, all you know. Or the advent wreaths, that, the advent calendars where <laughs> you eat a piece of chocolate every day until Christmas. Did you really do that? I don't think I ever did. Oh, okay. I, I was much more liturgically correct and I had an advent wreath in my house. Um, I was going to say my mom never gave me any chocolate. Yeah, no, I don't think I ever did the... That, that's more of like a secular... Advent tradition, I think, is you know the, the no advent. kidding, really. Yeah, they there's these advent calendars, but I mean it's from you know it's like advent in quotations because when we think of advent, it's totally opposite. It's so, basically so more like a pre-Christmas pre-Christmas calendar. countdown sort of a thing, you know. And each day, you know, there's there's a piece of chocolate, and you open each you know day, and then you get a you know there's a piece of chocolate for you. That well, but that's pretty cool. It, <laughs> it is. I I don't think I ever did that as a kid, but yeah. I mean, on well, I mean, yeah. When I was a kid, no, my mom never gave me any chocolate. Now yeah. I feel left out. Well, don't feel left out. But I mean, what? So what? Sorry, I I totally interrupted you. What were you saying about you know as a no, kid? No, well, you know, we we only know about before Christmas. you told me how my childhood was deprived of chocolate. <laughs> I'm um, sure it wasn't, but. During Advent, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, what I was going to say is like, you know, I, I guess like the environment that was set by my parents was mm -hmm. like, hey, look, this is the Christmas tree and the nativity scene. And, right. Um, one of, okay, so one of the main things that I would say my family would do that was a lot more, I guess, a lot more Advent-like. Um, because the way I think of Advent, so... Is that it's a it's a season to prepare yourself. That's exactly what it is. It, to Absolutely pre right, exactly. So <laughs> I went to catechism. <laughs> Yay! I learned something. Um, so it's a season to prepare yourself. Right, right. And so when you're a child, that really doesn't mean anything, right? Like when you're a kid, like like what kind of things can you do as a kid to prepare yourself? Right. Exactly. Um, you know, unless you're a super mature child, right? which sometimes happens and you can have that introspection and say, mm -hmm. oh, well, I want to do something to kind of, you know, better myself. Right. Or, you know, it, that doesn't happen when you're a kid. When you're a kid, you're like, I'm looking forward to my toys. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm looking forward to the that, gifts I'm getting in Christmas. Yeah. So that's all that, that period was. Um, but like, well, I'm going to say that one of the things that my family used to do, or it still does actually, and it's part of it's the extended side of my mom's family, is that they they get together, and I can't remember how many days before Christmas they start this, mm -hmm. but every day 
they get together and they have posada. Okay, yeah. I think posadas start December the 16th. Okay. Is that, that, is that because date. it's a specific feast day or? No, I think it, I think because technically isn't it a novena. That's what I wanted to say. I wanted so to say it's, it's nine days. It's nine days. Yes. I, I think it's I think it's the 16th okay. is when it starts. That sounds right. Year. That sounds right to me. Yeah. Um, and so we would get together and we would have posada. But before mm-hmm. we actually had the, the party part, we would actually have a rosary. Right. And oh, wow. everybody in the family would get assigned a reading that would basically be the the passage of the gospel that describes the mystery uh, wow, of the day. Awesome. And it was, it was really cool. Um, I've never heard of posadas being done that way. I'm very intrigued. Yeah, <laughs> no. Like, and, and for the longest time, I thought that was like the only way to do posada. And yeah. then I learned that that's not the case. But, but it's one of the, the traditions that my family uh, does during the Advent season before Christmas that I always loved. And we would do like every, every after every reading, we would have a song, mm-hmm. a, a little bit of a carol, and everybody knows the songs because they're like super old, and like we sing them every year. Right, passed down. Um, <laughs> and then after the, and then what I was gonna explain is that, so it's the rosary, like somebody reads the mystery, and then the next person to the right says the Our Father. Okay. In, in the way that you know it, where like the, the first part is by the one person, and the rest it's is by joined, the rest of the. Right of the attendance and then the next person says the first rosary the first hail mary Hail Mary, and then the, the next person does the second one and then so on and so forth and you have someone leading it obviously right. um and then um yeah and then that's the way it would be and so we would have like you know packed house 30 40 people and everybody would do a hail mary and stuff and participate oh yeah and that's pretty much i mean that Everyone pretty much got a bead. Oh yeah, then. everybody got a bead exactly. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah, so, it was super cool. So a little a little background to you know Brazilians who may not be Hispanic like you and I. So posadas is the the traditional. It's a tradition in Hispanic cultures, and it's Mary and Joseph looking for lodging. So usually, how like I said, I never heard of Luis's way of doing it, and I love that. But you the. Traditionally, usually what you do is you start at one house and you go from house to house. And mm-hmm. obviously, you know, these aren't random houses that you go to, Brovishners. It's all preset. But, you know, two or three houses will always say no and not let them in because that's what happened to Mary and Joseph. They, you know, went to one place and they said, no, we don't have, you know, any place for you to stay. And then at the designated last house, they say yes. And then everyone is let in and there's, you know, usually food and, you know, there, there's a there's a party at, at the end every yes. night until until Christmas. Um, and there there's a traditional song. You know, it's it's I'm going to pull out a big word antiphonal. So call mm-hmm. call and response. There's someone on. The the end of the people looking for lodging, you know, that's basically saying, you know, who they are. You know, we're Mary and Joseph. This is why we're here. And then on the other side, you know, the, the recipient, you know, they say, well, you know, no, we can't, you know, but there, there's this back and forth song. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. then at the end, finally, whenever, you know, they, you get to the house that's going to say yes at the end, then you sing this little refrain, you know, saying, you know, come in, um, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. holy pilgrims. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the, my favorite part of Posadas is especially from my childhood church is on Christmas Eve because posadas end at Christmas Eve and it, the last night of posadas happened at the church so at least in my my childhood church the choir would be at one end and then the people who have participated in posadas were at the other end in the gathering space That's of cool. our church and we would you know call and response back and forth and then they would process in to Entren Santos Peregrinos, you know, come in holy pilgrims, and at that point they're carrying the baby Jesus, and that's when he's placed in the manger. Nice. At, you know, and then after he's placed in the manger, 
then Christmas Eve Mass begins. And we always did it. What mass? I think we did it right. We did it right before our our midnight mass is when we would end the posadas. So, but just just a little, I like yeah, that. just a little little background. Yeah, for, I like that. Thanks for, for explaining posadas. Yeah, just for parishioners who might not who might not know. <laughs> and it's a really cool tradition. It um, is. I love it. And it's it's different in, in different parts of Latin America. Mm-hmm. Um, it's done differently. Uh, but the the main concept is that is that, that right. there's a that's basically is it's a commemoration of of Mary and Joseph looking for a place to stay. Right. I love the night that, I, that Jesus was born. I love the idea of doing that as a rosary. I mean, yeah. I mean, and that and that's the ultimate nod to Mary, as well. Absolutely. Doing it, doing it as a rosary. Oh my! I have like <laughs> Christ bumps all over and ideas swirling in my head. Uh, <laughs> it, it was it was lovely uh, and, and to me that was one of the most significant bonding religious experiences that I would have with my family right um, and the fact that we were all involved in it right and every yeah, that's every awesome. every you know member of the family would host one night and, right and there and you know there would be different kinds of foods and stuff mm-hmm, like that mm-hmm. afterwards and so so fun fact and I I don't even know if you know this about me. Luis, but even though I'm Hispanic, like my family never got together for posadas. It was nothing, something we had never done. Oh I man, would, I gotta invite you. I know. I've only been to posadas, you know, just that last night on Christmas Eve when I would sing midnight mass. Like that's the only time. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, at I least know. you got the one night, the main one. Right. But I mean, yeah. I've always wanted to, to do a full posada. Well, always, um, always. I, you, you know, I heard that you were planning on doing one. I was planning. Oh no! What happened? Yeah, well, I mean, it just it it's not gonna work out. One, I mean, just COVID is yeah, that's ruining true. everything. That's um, true. <laughs> really is. But you know, I mean, the biggest part of it, you know, I I did talk to Alora about you know doing doing posadas, and we even considered instead of doing the doing it on a separate night we would just do the last night on christmas eve and we would do the posada outside you know you've been to saint thomas so we would start it at the stations of the cross and go and end at the outdoor chapel and then we would process into the Mm -hmm. church and then bring baby jesus and place him in in the in the in the uh the creche in the manger yeah it's like what is the word i'm looking for (laughs) um but I mean, right now we just we don't have many kids in mm. our religious ed program. So I mean, we just we really weren't going to have the the bodies and you know getting that planned and you know that that's really something that <laughs> really really should be planned in the summer and you know have you know this is how we're gonna execute all of that. So un- unfortunately, we're not we're not gonna have our own posada this year but it's okay next year that is that is a sad story but next year you have the opportunity exactly to do something really cool bigger and better and i would say if you frame it the right way i think the adults would like to go too i don't think it should be just for kids oh well i mean so exactly but i mean we were gonna have like at least my vision was you know the kids were gonna be the ones that were gonna be oh yes. you know mary and joseph and you know the little Oh, that's Shepherd, super cute. Shepherds and angelitos and, you know, all of, well, there's not angelitos at Posadas. But, you know, all, you know, they were going to be the, the actors, you know, of gotcha. it. Gotcha. So, that's at, cool. le- at least that was my vision. It might not have been. I think they would have liked that a lot, actually. Yeah. So, and they've actually, they've done it once before at St. Thomas. Uh, before Alora was there. And they, I think, but I think they just did it in the RE building, the rectory, and then our workshop. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just, you know, real simple one night. And we even considered doing that if, you know, if there was enough kids that we were just going to do it in the RE building. Um, and just, you know, have three different rooms set up. But, I mean, part of it too, you know, part of the fun of it is all the food and everything afterwards. And you just, you can't, can't do that right now. So, right. It would be a, yeah. 
You but, would miss out on a big part of it. Right. And I mean, so yeah, I mean, definitely I would be something that I would want to promote and want, you know, our parishioners involved in. And, you know, ultimately what I would love is get enough of our parishioners that live in the same neighborhood close enough that we could actually, you know, start at a house and walk through that neighborhood, you know, and, and do the posadas that way and have, you know, someone host, you know, each night in their, in their house. Yeah. Yeah. I think that would be really cool. I think yeah. people would really like that. Yeah. Yeah. I think, well, for me, I mean, that was, that was really uh, a big part of what I remember mm -hmm. about Advent growing up. Of course, later on, um, I think there's a point where you kind of make that decision to incorporate um, incorporate those aspects of faith more um, actively into your life. Right. And so, um, you know, when I when I went when I got to St. Mary's, one of the things that uh, I I did when when I was at St. Mary's, I, I was involved in camp uh, university ministry, and I was one of the ministerial assistants. Mm -hmm. So I would get assigned to a ministry. You know about that, right? And absolutely. and I would help the minister, or or the director of that ministry, mm -hmm. to you know to run to run it to run it right. Um, and every time I was with liturgy and music, shout out to Maria. Yes. Um. And it was a great time. But one of the things that uh, she kind of delegated to me were the reconciliation services. Right. And um, we would have, this was the first time that, that I had been more aware about, about this kind of service being provided during Advent. Mm -hmm. So we would have an Advent reconciliation service, and as well as a Lent reconciliation right. service, right? That's pretty much the, the norm And uh, now. Just the process of being involved in that mm -hmm. and the idea of going to a reconciliation service to prepare yourself. Like, it's, it seems like something super obvious, right? Right. Um, just in terms of just sacramentally, it's like, yeah, you want to be in good standing with God right. and with your, you know, with your neighbor to to receive this very important you know uh feast or mm -hmm. you know event um and but i think that was the first time i started thinking about the concept of forgiveness and the concept of forgiving myself mm. um or or asking for forgiveness um in preparation for for christmas you know, right. um, and now I feel like it's such an important aspect to to be reflective about where you are in life, because I feel like that's one of the things that the reconciliation kind of affords you is like be an opportunity to be reflective and self and introspective about where you're standing right now in life. Mm -hmm. Where are you at with with your friends, with your close ones, with the people that you work with uh, and therefore with God himself. Right. Right. Um that's such an important aspect to me um, about Advent now. And I, it's, it was something that not till I went to St. Mary's and started doing this that I, that I thought it important or gave it any thought. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of have the, the same experience. I mean, so as a kid, you know, for me, like I said, I always had an Advent wreath in, mm -hmm. in my house. And, you know, try as I might, you know, I probably didn't really understand fully. But, you know, I would always try and do like, the little purple books or, you know, some sort of like daily Advent meditation thing. But it was more of like, well, this is what the adults around me are doing in the adult choir. So I'm going to do it too. Sure, sort of a yeah. thing. But I mean, it really, it wasn't until I got to St. Mary's that I wasn't introduced, that I was introduced to, you know, a reconciliation service. And, you know, now you know, I, I get that connection because now, you know, I have to plan our reconciliation <laughs> right, services. Yes. And you don't get to not think about it. Yeah, I don't get to not think about it. But I mean, it's awesome because, you know, I really get to decide and, you know, form, okay, what are the people going to hear? 
and what are they going to feel and what are they going to see and you know what music am I going to play you know underneath um, you know during individual confessions and you know one thing that I'm doing for the first time for for St. Thomas is they're actually we're going to do a theme uh, for our Advent season it's a voice cries out uh, based on you know Isaiah oh I forgot the I, I know it's verses 1 through 11 I forget the chapter Anyway, it's, it's, the, it's the passage that goes, a voice cries out in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord. So that's going to be our theme. And so it was, it's nice because now throughout all of our liturgies, throughout all of these you know, penance services and XLT adoration, all these things are going to be connected through this, this theme. Um, and it, it's interesting, too. I, sorry, I have to rabbit hole. I have to go full-on liturgist for a minute. You know, you... You know, when you're talking about making sure that we're prepared to, you know, and good with God, you know, during Advent. So obviously Advent and Lent, there are two penitential seasons of the church, uh, you know, preparing and, and waiting. And, but I actually, and I didn't know this until I took my liturgy course with LTP. It's very interesting that, well, well so let me ask you this. Mm -hmm. What are, in Advent? What are we preparing for? Uh, for the birth of Christ. Yeah, but that's actually only one part. So in the four weeks of Advent, not only are we preparing for the first coming of God, so when He was born, but we're also looking forward toward Christ's second coming. So that's why, you know, Advent is also such a big penitential season because, you know, we have to be ready for, for when that second coming, you know, In, arrives. Yes, interesting. So, you know, if you look at the, it, it's really interesting. And like I said, I didn't know this until I, you know, shout out to, to LTP. Um, but if you look at the readings and how they're set up, the first two weeks of Advent, the theme is actually centered around the second coming it's not until weeks three and four that we start to hear about the birth Interesting. of christ i i've never paid attention to that part of it i yeah i i hadn't either until ltp shout out to ltp pointed it out yeah um so that that kind of blew my mind it's really reshaping how i think about Advent and reshaping, you know, the music that that I'm planning. Yeah, um, and I guess as a liturgist, it, it really gives you an opportunity to to expand the the type of music that you're going to use and the type of message that is going to come forth, right? Right. Um, and it's interesting, and, and I like to think of it also in, in a third way. Um, it's not just like it's not just um, to me. I feel like we have an obligation, all of us, um, and I would like to invite all the all the assembly to kind of consider this too. Is that um, when you're preparing yourself in, in a spiritual manner, um, you're you're kind of preparing also not just for the eventual physical manifestation of of, of Christ's return to earth but in a way we're being called to we're being called to let Christ be born in our hearts absolutely um, so that we can be that manifestation of Christ in our communities yeah. and using that spiritual preparation so that we can be ready to um, to face the challenges and the the kind of um, expectations that will come um, with just being a an apostle, mm -hmm. being a disciple, being someone that leads within the church and within our communities, uh, and so, so that we can be people that, that can be relied upon, so that we can be people that can be, um, you know, proper stewards 
of the message of Christ and, and his mission on earth, you know? Um, so uh, that that's kind of one of the things that, that have stuck with me more and more um, as I as I kind of progress and, and mature in my faith. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I think you you kind of brought up another theme in in Advent, and that's you know, Advent is about silence, and mm-hmm. you know, so that's why you know you you know in priest homilies and in Advent mailouts and you know all the stuff that goes out, you know, we always hear from the church of you know this is the busiest time of the year you know in the secular world but as you know as catholics we need we need to be in silence and we need to prepare our hearts and our minds so that like you said christ can be born you know within our hearts um you know again and and that's why and that i mean you hit the nail on the head that's why we celebrate christmas every year with the same grander is so that that can happen within our hearts um yeah you're 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 hitting all the i know i didn't even realize i i i was talking about silence but i guess you're right that just the preparation the preparation and and that's what i like you know this is the first time that that i probably have done this prepared for advent and uh prepared for christmas in this way but you and I are actually going to do some things together that are going to help prepare us. Uh, so almost, Bill Assembly, think of it almost like a Lenten practice, but Luis and I are going to do it in, in Advent. Um, so one of the things that we've decided to do is take a, a crack at the shortened version of the Liturgy of the Hours, uh, following the the shorter Christian prayer book as a way to to prepare, but then also I think we're kind of tossing the idea of some sort of a a service project, which we're not really sure what that's going to be or look like yet because of the pandemic. Um, but I mean, this is I'm I'm excited for that because this is like really the first time that I've prepared for Advent. Or, you know, and for Christmas in this way, I mean, I always do it in Lent. And I, I mean, I have my little reflection books that I use during Advent, but they're centered towards Advent. It's never been something that I've said, I'm going to choose this to incorporate, you know, as, as a preparation. Yeah, I mean, honestly, um, it's funny how we, you, you really start seeing these as opportunities to just become better people right uh try to be a better version of yourself um i really like i really like the idea of the liturgy of the hours um because i feel like it's going to allow us to kind of make some time exactly to to meditate Mm -hmm. and to pray um to reflect um self-evaluation to me is like one of the most important things that anybody can do mm-hmm. even as as a teenager as an adult um yeah i yeah i i agree i mean if you're not self-evaluating then i honestly feel like you never really grow you don't grow exactly and so uh, i'm excited for that I, I and i i've never i mean i think i want to say my grandma used to do liturgy of the hours i want to mm-hmm. say she had the the booklet the four volume uh-huh um <laughs> in Spanish yeah um, but uh, I've never done it so I'm really excited to see what kind of growth comes from it right um, yeah kind of here. I've never done the liturgy of the hours yeah it's like one of those things that yeah you well, always and think I mean, it's just like not for young people <laughs> well yeah well and I mean and that's the interesting thing is like we think it's not for young people and the more common misconception is the liturgy of the hours is only for the clergy. It's only for priests. It's only for deacons. It's only for, you know, uh, consecrated brothers and, and, you know, sisters. But it really is not. It's for everyone. It's And that's why it, okay, super tangent and rabbit hole. If you look at 
the progression of the liturgy of the hours it started as just you know clergy but then as it's been revised it's become more of the prayer of the people so really every catholic lay or clergy or religious should be praying the liturgy of the hours each and every day every day of the year hmm. because it is it is that prayer of of the people and it's that way of keeping us close to god and the point of the liturgy of the hours is to consecrate time and consecrate every hour of the day so you know really to to live the gospel to live as jesus we should each and every one of us should be doing that but you know alas we have facebook and work and you know social <laughs> media so it gets it gets really hard and that's you know and that's where i'm excited about shorter christian prayer because we've talked about it on the show and off the show you know i've been wanting to start the liturgy of the hours for a good two months and i just haven't one it's really expensive to buy and two i mean the full liturgy of the hours is just really daunting so it's it's yeah i mean it's a lot of time to dedicate to it right um that's why we're doing the shortened version. Yes. But I'm, I'm excited because, I mean, I think for us, that's going to give us that silence. And, you know, I know for me personally, with everything that I have going on between <laughs> really starting next Thursday until Christmas Day, you know, I, I really need that time that I've carved out and said no, like, this is going to be this time that I'm, I'm yes. going to pray. Well, Taylor, do you have a, uh, you know what? One thing that is really cool is uh, how the music changes during the Advent season. Yes. Do you have any favorite? Oh, any favorite Advent, music? Advent music, Advent All songs? Of All of it. Um, no, I, I love Advent music. If I had to pick... One of my favorites is probably O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. Oh, yeah. Um, and shout out to Father Carlos for exposing me to new music. Uh, we actually at St. Thomas, and he does it at St. Peter's and Paul as well. He uses a version of O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. It's by Tony Alonso, and his last name is Huck. I can't remember his first name mm -hmm. for the life of me. Gabriel Huck, maybe? Gabe Huck? Anyway, but it's this... It takes the, the O antiphons and all of these Advent-related verses, and it's a, for a cantor, choir, and, and assembly. But it talks about you know, the O antiphons, which the O antiphons happen starting December 16th, and it's you know, your wisdom. Um, I can't remember all the O antiphons, so I'm just going to stop while I'm <laughs> ahead. Um, but it, it talks about all these Advent themes and you know scripture and what what we're supposed to be to be focusing on and it's a verse sung by the cantor and then the response is uh the oh come oh come emmanuel that refrain the traditional yes, uh -huh. and then the refrain is the traditional rejoice rejoice uh refrain did we do so, that last year yes we I, did that's what i remember i don't yeah i i don't think i think you only did it a couple of times because i think yes. You weren't. I wasn't you, around much in December. Yeah, you were still. You were just starting, and that's when I still had other cantors, and we were switching Saturdays and all of that that fun stuff. But we're definitely doing it this year. Yeah. Father Carlos has already reminded me twice. I think I got promoted to starter. Yes, you got promoted to starter. <laughs> Made it out of the bench. Um. But that's a really cool one. I really it, like it, it. I'm glad you're doing it again. I, I think I think more than a favorite piece, I think I like kind of the the thematic and harmonic and melodic themes. Yes. Of of Advent because it's it's really dark. You get a lot of minor key music in in Advent. And then and then there's these songs that you know, are minor, but then they end major. 
you know, the, it's it's this great mix. There's a lot of a lot. Yeah, of it's really great tonality. imagery if you think about it, because mm-hmm. in many in many ways, it kind of makes a, it kind of paints a picture of of a people that are sort of in darkness, um, but that are hopeful. Yeah. Too, because yeah, you're you're hitting everything of Advent right now. Just yes, by the way. Yes. 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 <laughs> I am. I'm. I'm on a roll, man. You are. I'm you on are. a roll. I should just like. Ne- next step, you're gonna be director of liturgy. Uh, yeah, I should just get your job, man. That's what I should do. Okay, not my job. <laughs> N- another church, you can have my job, N- but not in my church. <laughs> um, but but it, it really is, and I mean, obviously, yeah, the music it intentionally does this, but yeah, you're right. The the imagery is so um, palpable, so mm-hmm. uh, life giving. And, and and it really makes you kind of immerse yourself right in that in that theme um one of my favorite advent songs is in spanish mm-hmm. and it's an hermana glenda song it's called ven señor jesus yes i love that come song. lord jesus oh, i love hermana glenda beautiful first of all if yeah beautiful beautiful music from her even if you Absolutely. don't know spanish yeah very if you don't know i mean spanish it's very it can be still be very reflective it's very reflective very very soothing is it's just it's just a it's, she's a um a sister mm-hmm. i don't know what her order is i don't know what her order is either i i really don't know but she's a she's a uh a, a religious sister catholic from chile mm-hmm. and she has the silkiest voice she does the softest voice and she and her guitar playing is just perfect. Impeccable. It's just it's just oh, enough. Yes. It's not <laughs> I have like, all her music just flowing through my head. It's not underwhelming, now. overwhelming. It's just it's just enough. It's just what you need. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just so perfect. And it, it is very cool because like a lot of the times her music is just like she'll she'll repeat a phrase over and over again, but she'll just make it different enough melodic melody wise yeah. that it hits you differently. Exactly. I usually you know whenever she comes on my you know. Apple Radio. I honestly find myself just repeating, yes. like like ten times, and yes. because I can do that because I have an hour long commute. So yes. you know, half of <laughs> half of my commute usually, like if one of her songs comes on, it's just me listening to that song on over repeat. and over. That's perfect. That's over. a great way to spend a. a it a really commute, is. Sure. It is. Uh, but that, what, else, what else is a great way to spend a commute? Listening to our podcast. But I digress. It's like it's about an hour. <laughs> it's about an hour long. So so anyway, with that song, that the the refrain is like, you know, Ven Señor Jesús, ven pronto a mi vida. Come, Lord Jesus, come soon. Right to my life, which speaks of that twofold. You know, the first coming, second coming. It, it yeah, it does. It, it's 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 ambivalent in that sense, but. It, it just makes me think of of all the people that are out there who are going through something, who are mm-hmm. like going through depression, going through a loss, uh, going through maybe a, a tough time in their careers. Um, maybe they've lost some property or something and that need that. They need Jesus. They need, they need a, a glimmer of light. They need a glimmer of hope. And they're saying those words every day. They're saying, just please, you know, the the upside of this please come soon right you know um and especially coming from her because she comes from latin america and, mm-hmm. and i think about the the, the people the amount of people that live in poverty in latin america um, yeah absolutely uh and the amount of people and, and it's usually those communities that live in, in poverty and, and are very challenged who who are more strongly drawn to the church and are more strongly drawn to God and the message of the gospel because it gives them that. It gives them hope. Yep. It gives them hope. Yep. It gives them something to look forward to. It gives yep. them something to to kind of um, to kind of see their life in a different light. Right. Um, I don't know. It, it just it just makes me think about that, and and it, it just makes me it fills me with a lot of emotion. Um, and it makes me feel like, okay, yes, like that's what I'm being called to do this mm-hmm. Advent season. I'm being called to, to prepare myself emotionally, prepare myself, um, intellectually, um, 
to mature, to take responsibility so that I can be that light, so that I can be that glimmer of hope for someone who needs it. Right. So that I can provide those comforting words when the time comes, uh, when someone needs them, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, beautiful song. Yeah, it is. I love it. it is. I, love I love it. it and too. I'll be listening to it this Advent season. For I sure. was going to say, I think I am just going to be on repeat now. Um, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, interesting facts about the Advent wreath that you may not know. Because I didn't know it. Two, twofold. The so, explain, ad- explain the Advent wreath a little bit. So, the Advent wreath is... Obviously, a green wreath with four candles, three purple and one pink. For did I say candles? I feel like I said that in my head, and I. Uh, you said four, didn't you? I did. I four candles, bro, listeners. I I don't know. <laughs> Sorry, been a long day. It's kind of setting in on me. Uh, so four candle, green wreath, four candles, three purple, one pink. If you listened to the episode about. All the liturgical colors. Yes. Uh, you've heard this, but the significant of significance of those colors, green, represents uh, life and continuing to grow. So that's why we have the green wreath, and then the purple is obviously a color for color of royalty, and then pink is that kind of that break in the third week that we get um, from that uh, penitent penitential feeling and you know this feeling of joy um so those those are the three colors so and then we there's four candles because there's four weeks of advent so each week we light a a candle yes um so that's the the meaning behind the advent wreath and if you have a good liturgy director the advent wreath should be somewhere prominent in the church and visible if you don't send them to me, and I'll educate them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, free but, advice. Yes, free advice. But the Advent wreath actually comes from the Lutheran tradition. It's not. It's not originally a Catholic tradition. It's something that that we adapted. And furthermore, and this will probably mind blow you because it did me. The Advent wreath is not liturgical. It is not... You, you could technically... It's a tradition. You could technically go through the season of Advent and not have an Advent wreath in the church. So, so what part of it... So when you say it's not liturgical, liturgical what, what exactly do you mean by that? So it's not liturgical. It's not something that was given to us through the Bible. It's not something that was given to us through through Christ. It's it's more of something that we saw and we liked and it just kind of became a, a tradition. So it's not it's not written into the rite of the mass at mm-hmm. any point during Advent or anything like that. No, it's right? not it's okay. not any type of, of ritual r- ritual. You know, obviously we bless it, you know, obviously we light the candle you know, the candle or candle. But it's before Mass. It doesn't uh, happen during Mass. Well, it happens at the beginning of Mass, usually, when you have, mm, okay. when you light the candle. Um, and the blessing happens right before before the greeting um, on the first Sunday of Advent. Um, but in the sense that, you know, it's not, let me think of, of an example. It's not like, oh, goodness. It's not like singing the Gloria, you know, or I, I'll go even further. It's not like consecrating the bread and wine each right. week. Right. It's not something that is written that has to be done and you're going to be in big trouble if you don't do it um, sort of a thing because the Gloria is not a good example because that gets omitted during Advent and Lent, right? But that those uh, th- those kind of things are written into the. But the, but those things are, are written. Those are those are ritual, right. um, and there's there's reasons why you know we do it. It's it's more the Advent wreath is more you know tradition, more symbolism. You know it the greenery symbolizes 
the the everlasting life hint that's why it's evergreen you know it's an evergreen wreath um you know that it symbolizes that that waiting that hope and then it also gives us that light versus darkness you know theme as well very cool yeah i know that yeah so then do you know do you know what year it started being used in the catholic church i do not parishioners if you know what year that you, ad, yeah. advent wreath started us, being please. used let us know send us a comment yes educate us please facebook.com slash catholic yes or sending us an email, broy.catholic at gmail.com. Yes. Awesome. And soon to come on Instagram. I'm putting that out there because that forces me to have to, <laughs> to create the account. So hold me accountable, bro Rishners. I, I got to create us an, an Instagram account. Post an angry comment on Facebook. Say, where is the Instagram Taylor? Be nice. Don't be angry. Be nice. All caps. <laughs> Tons of exclamation points. <laughs> All right. All right. So I don't know anything, any any last thoughts on on Advent? Well, I think I just want to send a, like an, a message out to the to the assembly. You know, um, you know, it, it is COVID season, pandemic. It is. Um, and there's going to be a lot of reasons um, to skip things, and and maybe and you know, I'm not saying that you shouldn't, but um, everybody's going to do what's best for their family, obviously. Right. Um, there's going to be people in your, um, in your family or in your community who are more vulnerable and whatnot, and that they should definitely be protected. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. Um, but if you can find the opportunity to, to get together with some members of your family or some of your neighbors in a safe manner um really try i would say i would encourage everybody to really try to bring to life those things about your culture your traditions anything that maybe your your family used to do or or that is passed down from from your you know your background mm-hmm. uh etc uh and live lo- those those kind of principles of advent yeah uh, of of listening to the word of god of preparing yourself of being of being that voice that cries out to others to prepare the way of the lord and and being that that kind of accountability to each other mm-hmm. to truly use this season to be better recipients of, of the gift of, of Christ in our life. Absolutely. And I, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take that a step further. Go to church. Don't, I, you know, right now, it, it's crazy the times that, that we're living in with, you know, live streaming mass. But if you're healthy, you know, if you're able, go to mass. You know, especially right now, you know, more than ever, I think we need the Mass. We need the Eucharist. And, you know, the, the Eucharist gives us the graces that we need to go out and, and be Catholics. You know, that, that's why we receive the Eucharist at least once a week. You know, if, you're, if your schedule allows and you're able to attend, you know, daily Mass or, you know, that sort of thing, you know, even better. Because we, we truly need the Eucharist daily. Um, go, you know, go to adoration. If, you, if your church has an adoration chapel, you know, go to adoration. Just make a conscious, conscious effort to, to be present and, and to go to Mass and, and receive all of those graces. I mean, there, there really is nothing that, that can replace being physically there yeah um i think that we all need that sort of recharge mm-hmm. uh we need that that food to to give everything you know to put everything into perspective and give everything context um so yeah absolutely go, go just, to mass listen to the word of god and yeah and just just based off of what 
you set up food for the journey. And I have a feeling you know where I'm going to go with this. Go listen, go read uh, Father Oscar, Father, uh, not Father, Archbishop uh, Romero's homily mm-hmm. that he wrote on, on food for the journey. And there's an incredible song written about it. Yeah. I, I mean, if you if you read that homily, if you listen to that song, I guarantee you it's going to put everything that we just said in the place. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Well, parishioners, uh, again, send us your comments on facebook.com slash Catholic. Also, uh, Catholic at gmail.com. Let us know what you think of this new format. Yes, please Be- let us know if you have any suggestions. Um Obviously, you didn't do anything to how long it takes for us to do this. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, we're, we're trying to share more about, um, share more of ourselves, share more of our opinions, share more of our experiences, um, and, and not so much give you a, a Wikipedia entry. Right. Uh, as much fun as we have doing that. <laughs> as uh, nerding out on it. <laughs> uh, nerding out on it. <laughs> not everyone has a lot of fun listening to that. So, right. Um, you know, please send us your comments and and, and whatnot. Um, well, just to wrap up, I guess um, we are going to talk about our bro Catholic of the day. Yes, bro Catholic of the day. Uh, this this bro Catholic is a, a very important figure within the Catholic Church, yes. within the history of the Church. Uh, his uh, feast day was just this past week. Mm-hmm. Actually, on the day that we had. James, I believe. Was it? Uh, his feast day is the 10th. Yeah, wasn't that when we had Is that when? James? Oh, it's the 17th. Wow. It's the 17th. Yeah, a week ago, the day that we had James. It was the day that we had James. <laughs> Sorry, <over>. y'all. <laughs> um, and we are talking about... Drum roll. Okay, Taylor's not stopping me. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I was like, wait, what? <laughs> Miss my cue, y'all. Sorry. Saint Leo the Great. Yes. Who was Pope Leo the First? Pope Leo the First. And he was actually uh, Bishop of Rome, Pope, in the early 400s. Yes. Long time ago. Very long time ago. Very long time Close ago. Closer to the time of Christ than he is to us. A little bit before. Which is crazy to think about. A little bit. A little bit before Facebook and stuff. A little bit. Just a little bit. Yeah. So Couple maybe years. that's why you haven't heard of him. <laughs> years he didn't have a twitter unfortunately no, no it'll be interesting what, what do you think he would tweet about i don't know i follow pope francis on on twitter so maybe it would be similar can you imagine if I, like, no you know what i don't know oh, go ahead go ahead go ahead can you imagine if like technology had been invented like way way back and we had tweets from like pope leo the first right during like those councils yeah, exactly. Ecumenical councils. The ecumenical councils and, and what's going on. Yeah, that would be crazy. And also, I mean, we would literally have live tweets of the Crusades. <laughs> like, <laughs> that, that, that is crazy to think about. That, that would like, be. Like, hey, what's up, y'all? Just about <laughs> to go, you know, start a, a, you know, a holy war on these people, you know, to convert them to Christianity. <laughs> Yeah, maybe it was a good thing we don't ha- we didn't have Twitter. It, it back probably then. was, but just to tell you a little bit, uh, guys, why we think Pope Leo the First and Saint Leo the Great uh, is is a very cool, a very uh, appropriate bro Catholic of the day. So on top of being Pope, um, he was someone who was known um, back in those days. So y- you can imagine there there was kind of like a a very sharp contrast between those who had comfort and those who had uh, economical support and those who didn't. Right. Uh, and a lot of the time, and so Pope Leo was one of the um, one of the first in this history of the church to push for religious or for organized religion to be sort of like stewards of, of the poor. Right. Um, and he often used his position in the church to reach out to communities who were in need Um and, and try to try to um, kind of uh, care for them, protect them mm-hmm. from all of the dangers uh, that uh, existed back in the day. Um, Taylor, I don't know if you have any 
Oh yeah, I, I do. I just didn't know. Yeah. I didn't know if you were. <laughs> Sorry, dead air. Go for dead it. air. <laughs> uh, so another another thing that I find really interesting about Saint Leo the Great is he's really the first to push, uh, or not push, but prevent the error of the thinking of Christ's divine and human natures. You know, he he's really the first to say that. Yes, Jesus was truly human, and he is truly God. You know, yes. he, he is truly, truly both. There is no, no separation. Which is central to all of things. Christianity nowadays. Yeah, absolutely. So this idea that, that Jesus was, at the same time, both 100% human, mm-hmm. and therefore susceptible to all the things that we as humans are susceptible to, right. including sin, sin. Um, but also 100% divine. Yes, um, 100% uh, basically made out of the same substance that God is made out of. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is, <laughs> I think that would be like one of the things that he would tweet out. Right? Back in the day. Like, he'll be like, bro missionaries. Hello. Hello. He's bold. He's bold. <laughs> Period. Hashtag yes. Hashtag. <laughs> hashtag Christology. Um, Oh, big word. Hashtag Christology. Um, And and now because of him, now all of Christianity recognizes because there was this big push. Like there was there were sectors of Christianity back in the day who were like, well, you know, he was he was just like a human being that was kind of like really liked by God and and anointed by God to do this. More of more of a prophet than more of a prophet. Yeah. Than divine being. Um, And all kinds of. There was all kinds of confusion about that. Right. Uh, but thanks to his work and thanks to his involvement in, um, in the, I think it was the Fourth Ecumenical fourth, Council. Yep. Um, he was able to uh, solidify and, and, and finally, you know, put, put an end to, to the confusion and say, hey, uh, what makes sense is for Christ to be both fully human and also Fully God, divine. and I think that it's that's a cool concept. Maybe we can do an, an episode about that because I feel yeah, like, that would be. I feel like it, it 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 gives it puts into perspective what he was able to accomplish. Right, being fully human. Yeah, that's major. Um, major. You know, um, not not gonna get super into it, but yeah, but I, I think <laughs> it would be super super cool to that, do something. That about would that. be that would be awesome. Um, and so thanks to him. Yes, thank you. We do we do have that, and that's one Saint of the main Leo reasons the why he's considered Doctor of the Church. Yes, a right? Doctor of the Church. Um, and then finally, I think one of the coolest broest stories of Saint Leo the Great, <laughs> broest, I love, is it. that he is attributed with um, having spared Rome from an attack by Attila the Hun. Hun, yes. And he is the protector of the Western Church. Protector of the Western Church. And do you know the story, Taylor, of how that happened? No, I don't. Okay, so it's really cool. Basically, word got around to him and okay. to, obviously to Rome at the time. Right. That the Huns and, and led by Attila the Hun were making their way west. And okay. they were going to invade Rome. Okay. And there was obviously a lot of anxiety because there was all of these uh, news stories and, and all of these um, kind of like legends about what the Huns were capable, capable of doing. Capable of, right. Um, and so when he got word that Attila the Hun was right outside of Rome, St. Leo the Great went out to meet with him. And the story goes that before he even was able to say anything to Attila the Hun, Attila the Hun saw St. Peter and St. Paul. St. Peter with a sword in majestic fashion. Oh, wow. Right behind Pope Leo I. And without any hesitation, Attila just turned around 
and left. That is awesome. That that's yeah, that's really cool story. Yeah, it's like St. Peter and St. Paul like backing up their boy, not backing fam, up their boy. Yeah. Not fam, that this ain't gonna happen, sort of. <laughs> I love that. That that image is super imagery cool story. is awesome. Yeah, so so when I saw that I was like, okay, we gotta talk about this. Yeah. We no, gotta we gotta, we gotta give a I shout out that. to Yeah, absolutely. To St. Leo the Great. And so uh, because of all of those bro worthy things, he is our bro Catholic, Catholic of, of the, the day. day. I love it. I love it. All right. Well, bro, bro Assembly, just send us your comments. Tell us what you think about St. Leo the Great. Do you have any any cool uh, other facts that you'd like to share? Yes. Or maybe um, anything that has happened in your life. Maybe you go to a parish that's named after St. Leo the Great and there's some cool facts that you, you know and would you want to share? Send us Maybe your comments, you, sending us an email. Your church has a relic. Maybe your church has a relic. Let us know. Send the other grade. All right. Well, I believe that is going to be that all is for us. It. Yes, good show. That is all from your broadcasters today. Follow us on Facebook at Broin Out Catholic and email us at broinoutcatholic at gmail.com with questions, suggestions, comments, etc. To find all of the different platforms in which our podcast is aired, visit our, our About section on Facebook and find the platform that's best for you. If you listen to us on Apple Podcasts, don't forget to leave us a review where you can tell us all the things you liked. I'm Luis. And I'm Taylor. We are your broadcasters. Peace of Christ, Christ out. out.